Hello, and thanks for joining me today. Those of you that watched last week, we took you into one of our services here at Heritage of Faith Christian Center, our church here in Crowley, Texas, and we were talking about our God is the God of suddenlies. You know, in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. I love that word suddenly. You know, even though this had been prophesied a long, long time before, when it was time for it to happen, it happened suddenly and the devil couldn't do anything about it. I believe it's time for some things to happen in your life. And I believe God wants to do them this year. They're going to suddenly take place. And the good news is the devil is not going to be able to do anything about it. So I want to encourage you to sit back and watch this service where I was preaching on the God who does suddenlies. And I believe it's going to bless you in a big, big way. After that, I'll be back with some closing remarks. Now let's go to Mark chapter 5. Verse 21, and when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Notice how Jesus responds to faith. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, <clears throat> which had an issue of blood, 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. 12. Now we found out already that 38-year problems don't mean a thing. Come on. God can turn a 38-year-old problem into an, uh, an immediate victory. Yes, sir. Here this woman has suffered for 12 years. The Bible goes on to say, she not only suffered for 12 years, but she had been to many physicians and spent all that she had. So she's not only suffering with this physical problem, there was a time in this woman's life when she had money. And now she spent it all on a number of physicians. It's cost her all of her money. And the Bible says, but she didn't get any better. In fact, she grew worse. Now she's got this disease she's battling and she's spent all her money. So her lifestyle has drastically changed for the last 12 years. Maybe some of you were in here and at one time, you know, things were going well for you. Had a good paying job. Had money in the bank. And then the Bad economy hit, you lost your job, took all your savings to just exist. Every time you apply for another job, they say you're overqualified. We don't have any positions like you're accustomed to, and your lifestyle has drastically changed. For some, uh, both husband and wife have had to not only have full-time jobs, but part-time jobs as well, just to make ends meet. Your lifestyle has drastically changed. Brother Jerry, I've been going through this since 2008 when we had that major uh, depression, economic depression. We've been living this way since 2008. This woman suffered 12 years. 
her lifestyle drastically changed for 12 years. But when she heard that Jesus had come to her village, and apparently she had heard that there were miracles being performed in this man's ministry, it stirred her up. And she made up her mind, I'm going down there, even though I'm not legally supposed to be in that crowd because of the disease I have. Legally, they could stone her for coming into that crowd. Under Levitical law, she is considered unclean. <clears throat> but she was ready, if necessary, to put her own life on the line, believing that if she could just get to Jesus and if she could just touch his clothes, she would be made whole. Amen. Who knows how many people she told on the way up there? I don't know who, who was in her household. Maybe she had a, a, a mother she lived with. Maybe she had to live with relatives now that her life has changed. But when you are believing God, you talk what you're believing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And she's, I, I, I have confidence, even though it doesn't say there, but I can read between the lines. She's telling people all the way up there, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And when she gets there, she sees this crowd. The Bible says they're thronging him. Everybody's trying to touch him as he's walking through that crowd on his way to Jairus' house. But she is determined. So she keeps pressing into that crowd, working her way up to Jesus. And finally, as he's walking away, she reaches out and touches him, just like she said, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And she touches him, and the Bible says that Jesus stopped in his tracks and turned and said, who touched me? The disciples were amazed at the question. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. I love another translation that says, no, you don't understand. This is not a natural human touch. It was the touch of faith. It was the touch of faith. Somebody has made a demand upon my ability. Hallelujah. And he said, who was it? And the little woman fearing and trembling spoke up and said, it was I, for I said, if I can but touch your clothes, I shall be made whole. He turned to her and said, daughter, and just as he's about to speak to her, the messenger from Jairus' house came and said to Jairus, who's standing by waiting, this woman has interrupted his miracle. He's the ruler of the synagogue. He's the man that can give the order, have her stoned. She's unclean. He's having to wait until Jesus ministers to her. And then this servant comes and says, don't trouble the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. Jesus heard it and turned immediately to Jairus and said, fear not, only believe. Another translation says, don't panic. I'll take care of this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Woman, thy faith hath made thee whole. Let's go, Jairus. Hallelujah. And he gets to Jairus' house and raises his little daughter from the dead. But notice a 12-year problem 
was sobbed suddenly. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Suddenly, immediately, because of this woman's right thinking and right believing. Can you say amen? Look your neighbor and tell him again, you may need to do something with your thinking and your believing. Let's go to Luke chapter 13, verse 10. And he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Everybody say 18 years. 18 years. So we see a 38-year problem, a 12-year problem, and then an 18-year problem. A spirit in, of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Hallelujah. Now notice it was Jesus who sought her out. He saw her and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Now you could paraphrase it and say it this way. Woman, your great breaking loose day has come. Your great breaking loose day has come. And I've got a suddenly for you. Hallelujah. Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately, everybody shout, immediately. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But then verse 16 says, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Jesus made it very clear who was the source of her problem. Satan, not God. Let your neighbor say, God's not your problem. God didn't put this on you. God didn't create these circumstances. God's not the problem, folks. And notice Jesus said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, that means this woman is a covenant woman. And what is Jesus saying? Covenant people have a right to be free. Covenant people should not suffer for years and years and years. In fact, if you read in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the first 14 verses, it talks about the blessings of the covenant. And then the remainder of the chapter talks about curses. And of course, the Bible tells us in Galatians 3 that we are redeemed from the curse. But one of the curses listed in Deuteronomy chapter 28 is sicknesses and diseases of long continuance. Diseases that last a long time. And what's the Bible say? You are redeemed from sicknesses that last a long time. What's God telling us? We can have suddenly. I said we can have suddenly. Where's your faith this morning? Where's your faith this morning? Well, Brother Jerry, I'm believing that one day, you know, it's amazing how one day seems to never come. 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is. Just reverse that. When is faith? Faith is now. Say it again. Faith is now. Say it again. Faith is now. Hallelujah. Mark the 11th chapter, the 24th verse, the most famous teachings on faith. Jesus said, what things soever you desire, believe you receive them and ye shall have them. When do I believe I receive? The moment I pray. Well, when did I pray? Just now. When do I believe I received? When I prayed. But when did I pray? Just now. So when do I believe I received? When I prayed. But when did I pray? Just now. So when do I believe I received? When I prayed. When did I pray? Just now. I was up preaching in, in Prescott, Arkansas. Got up there in the church that had asked me to come. Found out I wasn't ordained with their denomination. And the pastor wouldn't let me in his church. You're not coming to this church. If you're not ordained with our organization, you cannot preach in my church. I didn't know. I'd never been involved in religious politics. I didn't know anything about this. I came out of a paint and body shop. I didn't know Christians acted that way. Would not let me in his church. So one of the deacons said, uh, if I can find a place for you to preach, will you stay? I said, well, I'm here. I got my family with me. It's what I came for. He found the American Legion hut. And I emphasize hut. <laughs> Did I say dirty, dingy hut? Did I say dirty, dingy, stinking hut in Prescott, Arkansas? And he said, they'll let us use this building if you want to stay and preach. I said, fine. And I, I'm, I'm believing God for money to get out of town and back home. You know, and get in that first service. Now I'm going to preach three services and a, a day for three days in that hut. And get in there the first day, and I got oh maybe ten people. And that pastor showed up. I thought, what's he doing here? He don't like me. He didn't want me in his church. What's he doing? I thought the devil sent him over here to harass me. And he just sat there like this the whole service. As soon as it was over, he got up and walked out. Didn't say a word. Came every service. But the last night, which was a Saturday night, and I'm preaching on faith. Real Bible faith. And the last night after the service, he came up to me and he said, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. You're preaching in my church in the morning. I thought, I don't want to preach in your old ugly church. <laughs> you mean to me. You didn't want me when I first came. I didn't say that. I'm thinking all this. <laughs> He's still standing there like this, pointing his finger. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. You're going to preach in my church in the morning. I turned my back on him. I said, Lord, do I have to preach in his old church? He said, you do? I said, why? He was mean to me. He was ugly to me. Why did I have to preach in his church? He said, son, are you so dense that you can't tell? He got a hold of what you've been preaching. He's saying it. He's saying it. 
You told him he could have what he says. He's saying it. <laughs> he said, go preach in his church. So I said, all right, I'll be there in the morning. Got over there, and I'm telling you, that was the most pitiful church I've ever been in, besides the next one I was in. And, and then, Lord, you talk about religious. Carolyn, you remember, there was not anybody sitting up front. They were all sitting on the last two rows of that church. <laughs> Little old tiny wood frame Pentecostal church, and, and they're sitting on the back. Nobody's sitting up front. And he asked me if I'd come to his Sunday school class to hear him teach before I preached the main service. And when I got in there to that Sunday school class, I thought, after hearing him, no wonder nobody sits up front. It was all religious unbelief. He preached from Romans 3, Romans 4, and Romans 5, and he majored on, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. There's none righteous. No, not one. <gasps> you know, that hooping thing, you know? I thought, no wonder nobody sits up front. So when we got into the main service, I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? He said, preach Romans 3, 4, and 5. I said, you're about to get me in trouble. He said, well, he sure didn't preach from it. He said, Romans 3, 4, and 5 is not about sin. It's about righteousness. He said, preach on righteousness. And so I did, man. I started out, and I contradicted everything the man said. I mean, I just laid it out there about righteousness. Man, the heads went up in the back. Everybody's looking. I mean, all of a sudden, man, uh, I'm telling you, we getting excited in there. And I turned around, and that little preacher was standing on the platform doing this. And he said out loud, I hadn't seen it like this in 57. I hadn't seen it like this in 57. I hadn't seen it like this in 57. I didn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but apparently he was in a revival in 1957, and that's the last time he saw God move. But we had a meeting there that morning. And when I got home, and when I got home, my car manifested hallelujah. Somebody went over there and bought that car and paid cash for it and delivered it to me, and I went straight to my neighbor and said, you can see it now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want to touch it, lady? You can touch it. You can see it. I told you it was mine. Hallelujah. <laughs> Never heard any more out of her, thank God. <laughs> Amen. Faith is now. I said, faith is now. Shout, faith is now. Glory to God. Woo, Jesus. Listen to this. Oh, hallelujah. When Jesus heard that his friend Lazarus had died, and he got there, and began to talk to his sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha said, and this is found in John the 11th chapter. In fact, why don't you go ahead and turn there. 
John chapter 11. Jesus says to her in verse 23, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now notice, Jesus is talking about now, and she takes what he says and puts it off into the future. Well, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I love what Jesus said. Martha, I am the resurrection. <laughs> I am the resurrection. Girl, I'm not talking about in the last day. I'm talking about now, girl. I am the resurrection. Amen? Well, guess what? He's also the God of the breakthrough. Well, one of these days I'm going to have my breakthrough. What Jesus is saying to you, I am the breakthrough. One of these days, I'm going to have my healing. Uh, Jesus is saying to you, I am the healer. Come on, right now. One of these days, I'll be delivered of this. Jesus is saying to you, I am the deliverer. Whatever you need, he's that right now. I said, he's that right now. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't put off into the future someday what God wants you to have right now. If God says, I'm in a hurry, then I'm going to get in a hurry with him. If God says that it's not going to become uncommon for his people to testify as to what he did for them, and you'll hear the word suddenly come up more and more frequently, then I'm mixing my faith with that. I'm getting right in the middle of that. Well, Brother Jerry, going around saying God's going to do this and God's going to do that, isn't that arrogance? No, that's faith. If I didn't have his word for it, it might be arrogance or pride or something. But when I have his word for it, it's not arrogance, it's faith. It's real Bible faith. Hallelujah. How many of you need suddenlies in your life today? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and let's, let's exercise our faith for suddenlies in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I trust this message was a blessing to you today, talking about our God, the God who does suddenlies. Once again, the prophetic word the Lord gave me for 2016 is that it is going to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. There's some things going to break loose in your life this year. Don't give up on it. You wait for it. You dare to believe God and just make up your mind that giving up is no longer an option in your life. He said, they will suddenly manifest and they will do so in such a way that no one will be able to deny the greatness of your God. Our God can do anything. Nothing is impossible for him. No matter how long you've been standing, no matter how long you've been believing, no matter how long you've been sowing, no matter how long you've been praying and even fasting, God can do it in the moment of the twinkling of an eye. Just give him something to work with. And that something is your belief, your faith in his ability to do it. I want to also encourage you, this is the last time we will offer these resources, my book entitled, No Boundaries, Why Settle for the Ordinary When You Can Live in the Extraordinary. God can do extraordinary things in your life if you'll dare believing for it. And then this DVD, 
get ready for the blessing explosion. You know what the word explosion means? It's defined as a sudden widespread increase. I'm telling you, when there's an explosion, nothing can stop it. It just takes in everything around it. And the blessing explosion is coming your way and God is going to see to it that things that looked as though they would never come to pass will come to pass in your life. It's your year for a great breaking loose. Our announcer is going to tell you more about these resources. So watch very closely, listen to the information and make up your mind you're going to order it today so that we can send it to you and it'll be a blessing to your life. And then when he's finished, I'll be back with some closing remarks. Are you ready for sudden widespread increase? In the Revealing DVD teaching, Get Ready for the Blessing Explosion, Jerry Savelle shows us that just like a disease is in someone, debt and lack must also be removed from within you. The best way to do that is with an explosion. An explosion is defined as a sudden widespread increase. Are you ready for the blessing explosion in your life? In his book, No Boundaries, Jerry Savelle teaches how boundaries that have held you back can be broken. As you read, you will learn to recognize boundaries, where they originated, and how to break free. God hasn't put any boundaries on you, so don't accept any limitations. Begin living a no-boundaries life today. Don't wait. Call or go online and request this breakthrough duo. Get ready for the blessing explosion and no boundaries. God has an extraordinary no-limit life planned for you, and it's time for sudden widespread increase in your life today. Why are these resources so important? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear these things, the stronger your faith will become. So order them today. Also, we're going to begin a brand new series of lessons next week, so make your plans to join with us. And listen, if you have prayer requests, Please uh, write to us or call us. Let us know. We want to join with you and believe God for that breakthrough that you're believing God for. We want to believe for the suddenlies that you're believing God for. We're getting a lot of wonderful testimonies from people just like you that have been faced with impossible looking situations, but God has broken through for them. Thank you, partners, once again for all you do to help us fulfill the vision and to reach out to people all over the world. Listen, if the Lord's leading you to sow a seed into the ministry to help us in the expansion, we encourage you to do so, and we will believe God with you for a harvest beyond what you can ask or think. Thank you once again. I'll see you next week. Next week. Now, what I mean by the established heart, let's go to Psalm 112, and the Bible will answer that for us. I'm going to begin in verse 1, and then I'm going to drop down to verse 6. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Now let's stop right there for a moment. Notice this man that is blessed of the Lord. Notice one of the reasons why he's so blessed, because he delights greatly in the Word of God. He loves the Word of God. Is that the way you feel about the Word today? I know it is with me. I love the Word of God. I can't get enough of it. And the Bible says that this man is blessed by God because he delights himself in the Word. He just can't get enough of it. And you know, when you can't get enough of the Word of God, then praise God, I'm telling you, there's some good things that are going to happen in your life. 